All right. I really apologize, everybody. What could I tell you? Technology is great when it works, <laughs> but when not, extremely frustrating. Okay. This week, it, this today and tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. Usually the talk about Cheshvan has to do with getting back into routine after the month of Tishrei, which is full of Yomim Tovim, of different mitzvos, of um, inspiration. And Cheshvan means getting back into routine and trying to incorporate everything that we have gained, hopefully, not wait, <laughs> gained from our experience of the Yomim Tovim and bringing that into the month of Cheshvan, which has absolutely no Yomim Tovim at all. There are no holidays of Cheshvan. In fact, some say that's the reason why it is called Mar Cheshvan. Mar Cheshvan actually has two connotations, however. Mar meaning, on the one hand, bitter, in the sense there are no Yom Tovim. Others say no, Mar, like in Hebrew, it's a title. Mar meaning Mr., and it means somewhat something important. There is something important about Cheshvan that we need to discuss instead of just looking at it as the so-called routine. Now, of course, because of the matzah of the situation in Eretz Yisrael, it is no, there is no, it's not feeling routine at all. Absolutely not. We are, you know, each of us in our own way have been touched, whether family, whether friends, we are all like somebody posted somewhere. There's so many posts and things going around. Um, not everything, by the way, should be looked at, and it's really not healthy to constantly be checking and looking at things because it doesn't help. It only doesn't help anxiety, doesn't help tension. I don't think it helps anybody in Eretz Yisrael if every second you're looking at things and getting all, as we say in Yiddish, ufgerecht, all upset and anxious. But um, the, the it does not, as I started to say, it does not feel like routine. So I'd like to look at the month of Cheshvan. Um, the first part of this year will be, and I might end up having to condense it a little because unfortunately, since again, apologies for the technical difficulties and, you know, maybe I have something important to say and that's why, you know, th things didn't go so smoothly right away, but whatever it is. So I was told that the themes for the months this year had to do with the mazolos, meaning the, Every month has is under the influence of a particular um, the horoscope sign or mazel. So in order to discuss that and understand that and how that affects us, we're going to be looking, if you could please, um, I don't know, I, if you could share the, the source sheet, Andrea, page one, from B'nai Saskar, which is from Reb Tzvi Elimelech of Dinov. He lived from 1783 to 1841. He was a Hasidic Rebbe, and he has discussions about all the months of the year. Each month has a particular mazel, as we said. It has also a particular letter of the Aleph base associated, a particular shevet, particular tribe, and even particular organ of the body and sense of the body. But I'm going to focus mostly on the mazel. So in the Sefer Yitzirah, which is a Kabbalistic work. And it says it's written, this was written by Avram Avinu. 
And it's very hard to understand it, which is why when you learn the Bnei Yisachar and he quotes from it, he begins to take it apart and, as they say, unpack what exactly is the meaning of these esoteric sayings about the months. So he talks about the month of Cheshvan and he says, and that's what the title is, Bnei Shim Bnei Yisachar. Cheshvan Mamar Aleph. He has different articles, and this is the first one, the first Mamar he has on Cheshvan. Okay. So he says, Hashem took the letter Nun and he combined it with Reach, with the sense of smell. And he made it, he, um, what is the word? He coronated it, kasher lo or gave it a crown, and he combined them. There's something about the combination of nun and reach, which I'm not going to talk about. Vitsar bo akrav ba'olam, and he also created an akrav, the scorpion, or the, the, the mazel, as it's called, scorpio in the world, and marcheshvan in the year. The dakin ba nefesh, it also is associated with the dakin, meaning the uh, small intestine, zachar nekeva. Okay, so what, what's it talking about? What's the akrav? And what do we know about scorpions? And why is that important about cheshvan? And what is the message? Okay, so if you look on the left side of the uh, sheet, there are numbered lines. And if you go down to um, line seven, where I have it in bold, and now let us go back to this inyan about the nun and so forth. And look at line eight after the parentheses. Akrav, if you take apart the word akrav, which means scorpion, akar bays. This is really what it stands for. It's an acronym for Akar Beis. Akar meaning like Ikar, the main, and Beis, the letter Beis actually stands for bias, for the house. Hamakuve yiye b'chodesh hazeh That in this month, in Cheshvan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has said, let me give you the backstory to this. What happened was, if you remember, we read recently, well, over the Yom Tovim about the Moshlomo HaMelech building the bias, Rishon, and that um, he built it and he actually finished it in the month of Cheshvan. However, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, you're going to wait almost a full year and you're going to make the Chanukah Sabayis in, you're going to make the Chanukah Sabayis in um, Tishrei of the following year, almost 11 months later. And that's when it says that they didn't fast on Yom Kippur and they had tremendous carbonos and a huge processions and tremendous celebration. It was amazing, the, the celebration, the rejoicing, the holiday that took place and the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so Cheshvan came to Hashem, so to speak, as the Chazal tell us, and had a taina complaint. It's not fair. Really, I, the Chanukah Sabai should have taken place in my month. I was gypped. It's not fair. So Hashem says, never mind when the third base on Mikdash will be built. And it says, 
As it says in Shira Sayam, if you say Oz Yashir, Mikdash Hashem, Konanu Yadecha, that is referring to the third base on Mikdash. That when Hashem, when Mashiach will come, and Mirz Hashem, may it be soon. And Hashem will build the third base on Mikdash, Mikdash Hashem, the Mikdash of Hashem, Konanu Yadecha, your hands have prepared or built. That will happen in Feshvan. So Cheshvan will be rewarded that the third base on Mikdash will be built in that month. There's something, even though it seems like a completely routine, blasé, empty, bleak month, it absolutely is not. Because in the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has promised the third base on Mikdash will be built in that month. That will be the Tikkun. And in order to even to give credence or support this idea, the gematria of Akrav of the word Akrav, scorpion, is equals David Mashiach. So I'm not doing the math now, but it, it should work out. And that will be the tikkun. That will be the rectification of the fact that Cheshvan has no Yom and Tovim and doesn't seem to have anything positive going for it. In fact, an Akrav is so negative that in Halacha, if you go down to line 13, the second source from the Gemara and Brachos, Daf Lamed Gimel Amad Aleph, it discusses when is a person, if they're davening Shmon Esrei, allowed to interrupt themselves or move from their place. And it says there on line 14, Even if he sees a snake, God forbid, next to his heel, he should not stop. Amar Rav Sheshes, the second opinion from Rav Sheshes on line 15, Lo Shanu Elonachash, they learned only the snake. Aval Akrav, but if there's a scorpion, Hosek, he should stop and he can move. Why? A scorpion is much deadlier and much more dangerous than a snake. And, um, they even bring a proof if there's a woman who's an Aguna and they don't know the status of her husband, where he is. He went missing. They're not sure. And it says uh, on line 16, If he fell, somebody witnessed that he fell into a lion's den. It's not clear or it's not definite that he's considered dead. But if he fell into a pit or a ditch full of snakes and scorpions, that for sure, definitively, you can say that he is dead and then she would be released from her Aguna status and be free to remarry. So a scorpion is considered deadlier than a snake. And why is that? If you go down to line 21, Rashi explains, Aval Akrav posek, why? Lefisha Akrav mesukan la'akotz yoser mishenachash muchan lishoch. Because an Akrav is quicker to sting in a deadly manner, then a nachash, then a snake will bite. And as a snake will bite when it's threatened, but a scorpion will just sting no matter what, even if it's not threatened. It's considered a very, very deadly animal and very, very dangerous. Okay, so what is it about the muzzle of scorpion that can, it sounds pretty horrible, actually, if you think about it. You know, how can we possibly 
use this or what is it about it that is so deadly? Okay. Um, just parenthetically, although it does, it does connect with what I'm going to say in, um, if you go down to the third, um, actually it's the fourth source, which is the shame is Shmuel, who was the Sakhachava Rebbe. And he discusses Mar Cheshvan also and discusses it in terms of the tribes and says that um, Menashe is the tribe that's associated with Cheshvan. And it's the idea of Sur Meira. There's a concept, and if you read in the Tehillim, there's a Pasuk, it says, Sur Meira Vyasetov. So usually... Generally, the in Musar or in trying to improve oneself, we would say first you should try to turn away or do away with whatever evil or bad things you're involved with, and then say tov, then you can do good. Okay. However, Yaakov Avinu taught, taught us a different derech. He said no. He said. We should learn to do Asay Tov because sometimes it's harder to disconnect from the bad stuff in order to do the good. Sometimes it's easier in general for a person to do Asay Tov, even though it seems counterintuitive, do all the good things, and then Sur Meira. So you see this in the two months. In Tishrei, we had Asay Tov. What's the Asay Tov? All the mitzvos, Fantastic mitzvos for all the Yom and Tov. In Rosh Hashanah, we had Shofar. And then Yom Kippur, we had Tzom and Kapara, Mechila, and so on and so forth. We had a fast day and hopefully atonement for our sins. Sukkot, we had the mitzvos of Sukkah and of Lulav and Esrog. And then we had Shmini Atzeres and Simchas Torah. So all these things of Asay Tov will strengthen us in a way that will give us, reinforce our neshamos so that we will be able to, in the month of Cheshvan, work on Sur Meirah on moving away from any bad stuff that we're connected to. Now, it says that the 12 Shvatim uh, correspond, the 12 tribes correspond to the 12 Mazolos, the 12 planetary influences or horoscopes, because in their schus, in the schus of the 12 tribes, Bnei Yisrael were able to elevate higher than the mazolos. What does that mean? In other words, we believe that the mazol does have a particular influence. For example, it says in the Rambam that a person that's born under the mazol of, I forgot what it's called in Hebrew, but let's say Mars is more bloodthirsty. Would ten chasvashalons be somebody who is shofech domim, chasvashalons, spill blood? So how do you channel that? God forbid we don't want someone to be a murderer. How do you channel that in a good way? So that person could be a shochet. That person could be a mohel. So they're channeling that natural tendency in a very elevated, holy way. It says, and B'nai Yisrael, we have the koach, the power to overcome our natural tendency or inclination, even collectively. So what is it about the scorpion that we can take and use and flip it to use for good. 
So the thing that's different between a snake and a scorpion, it says that the snake has a very, its poison is burning and hot. Whereas a scorpion, it says, has within it, whatever it is, has careerus, coldness, frozenness. And actually you see this, even the weather reflects this muzzle, that it's starting to get colder. And things that, you know, you see nature beginning to, as so to speak, uh, go to sleep. Things are starting to, the trees are losing their leaves and things are starting to rot. The vegetation is rotting. In fact, in the Navi, this Chodesh is called not Cheshvam, but it's called Chodesh Bul, Bezvav Lamed, from the, from the Shoresh of either rotting, because everything begins to like decay, or from the idea of mixing, they're mixing old feed with new feed. There isn't enough stuff, fresh uh, grass or grain to feed the animals. So the nature itself, we know that what we see physically is always a reflection of the spiritual. So how can we use, getting back to the scorpion idea, how can we use this scorpion attitude, so to speak, or trait of coldness in a good way. So he says that if we would use it in a bad way, the natural tendency would be people start to, so to speak, hibernate or shut down or get like they're sort of cooling off from whatever inspiration they had, from the Yom and Tovim. Perhaps they're, you know, they're getting a little bit lazier, um, going into hibernation mode. It says uh, on the top of the next page, if you look at the source, on line 43, the Akrav represents coldness. Its nature uh, makes a person become more lazy and sit without doing anything. And everything that he does, he'll do be Kriros Ruach. So with coldness, not with excitement and with enthusiasm. However, if you look on line 44, it says, Yisrael mishtamshim b'midahahu atzmalosur meirah. We, B'nai can use that midah to move away from the bad stuff. How? L'hit'atzel b'masim b'l'tiru'yim. We should take become lazy, so to speak, for from our, any bad activities that we might be connecting to. And in fact, he says, even things, physical things that we must do, because we all have to eat and drink. We are actually physical bodies. And we do, we go to some type of work. We engage in some type of occupation in order to pay our rent or our mortgage. All those things, of course, still have to be done. We are not malachim that live on air. Excuse me. We are human beings, but they don't have to necessarily be done. All those physical things with the same level of enthusiasm that you would perhaps normally, in other words, use the aspect of krirus, of coldness and disengagement towards the physical. Okay. And that's how you can channel that particular influence of Scorpio into your daily affairs. 
okay? And, and to disengage perhaps from things that were misleading you away from Ruchnius, okay? Um, in fact, um, we are told if you go down to um, line 69 on the source, he's quoting the Rimen of a Rebbe, the other negative aspect of Cheshvan, another is that Yeravam ben Nevat, who was the one who was the first king of Israel, meaning when the Malchus, the kingship split, with the Malchus Yehuda, the kingship of Judah, and the kingship of Israel, and he declared himself as the first king of Israel, as opposed to a king from the house of David, of David. And what did he do? He created a false holiday in Cheshvan. And he actually put Agolim, it says, if you learn the Navi there in Malachim, he set up two Agolim, one in Basel and one in Dun, one in the north, one in the south of Israel, in order to prevent Bnei Israel from going to the base on Mithish, because he wanted to maintain a grip on the population and they should not go back or go against him and go back to the house of David. So he created a false holiday in Cheshvan. On the 15th of Cheshvan, he says, just like you used to go on the 15th of Tishrei, Sukkot, and bring Karbanas, no. No, you're not doing that anymore. You're not going to the base of Mikdash. You're going to go to this eagle. You're going to bring sacrifices. And this is going to be your representative of Hashem. And of course, that was a tremendous, tremendous hate on his part. So unfortunately, because Yeravam did that and breached that, so to speak, Ruchnia, spiritual uh, geder or... or um, how would you say that wall, that fortification, he created the possibility that in Cheshvan, our enemies have the ability, unfortunately, to attack us and made us vulnerable. And he said, if you look historically, many times very evil decrees have come down in the month of Cheshvan. Of course, this year it started a little earlier, even before the month of Cheshvan, Rahman al-Islan. It started on Shmini Atzeres. But what he does say, which is a very important point, he says, if you look down to line 72, Ukamo Begashmias came Baruchnias, Meusad Chodesh Zelinafila. Just like in the physical, as I described, how things are decaying and rotting and so on. So this the same thing is true in spirituality that this month, unfortunately, has an association or a connection with nephila, with falling, okay? Just like in the times of Yeravam, okay? Um, but if you go down you uh, to line 75, you say, Uvesibas ha-nephila yishadesh pnei ha-adama lasos anaf pri. In other words, we have to understand that the fall in our, the actual fall, meaning autumn, the season, even though it seems like everything's decaying and rotting and people can get depressed and, you know, it's difficult because the days get shorter and there's SAD, seasonal affective disorder, which, you know, I personally have issues. I have a lot of issues with it in Bar Hashem. I use a specific light that helps me. It's been really fantastic. Thank you, Hashem. 
But the point is, it can seem like when you look at it on the surface, everything, oh, it's doom and gloom and so sad and everything is dying. And, you know, I just, I, it's so bleak. But what you have to understand that this is a cycle that repeats itself. And in order for the spring to come later and for fruits and vegetables and trees and flowers and grass to grow again, what precedes it is the decay. Just like when you take a seed, if you look at a seed, what is it? It's really a rot. It's something that decayed. It's not anything fresh and real. And the miracle is you put it in the ground and all of a sudden, if they're depending on what type of seed it is, if there's a certain amount of time and water and soil and sun and so forth, it starts to grow. You actually see Tchias HaMesim every year in the spring, in a sense. When you see the nature, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is putting that power into nature to rejuvenate itself. So too in Ruchnius. Even though this month seems to be a month associated with nefila, with falling, and with, you know, bad things, and xeros, and so bleak, and so sad, especially now, and yet this is a process which, which is shown or repeats and demonstrates every year in the cycle of the seasons, and the same way Amir Tashem will, will repeat to bring the geula. Because we know there's a concept of, um, oh, it just went out of my head, um, meaning the, the seed that comes before the geula. And even though many, many bad things, just like it says that we have the chevle Mashiach, the birth pangs of Mashiach, and just like for women who have given birth know that the horrible and the hardest and the most painful pangs are right at the end. But it's almost over. Like they say, dark is before the dawn, and it seems like it's completely intolerable, and who can take it, etc. I'm not talking about people who get epidurals, but whatever it is. So th this, this is a cycle. And just like it is, as I said, in nature and in the physical, the same thing will happen happens in Ruchnius. And this is a prerequisite for the Mashiach to happen. That a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And as the Amora said, yes, I would like, I, 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 I yearn for the Mashiach, but I don't want to see it. Meaning I can't, I don't know if I would be able to withstand the terrible suffering that goes along with it. That unfortunately we are seeing right now in Eretz Israel. So I wanted to... That basically concludes most of the source sheets. I also made a few notes to myself to talk about a little bit more about the mats of the situation and what we can do practically and things that we're perhaps we can take on. And for the last little bit, I'll return to the source sheet to the last page. But until we get there, I listened to some fantastic shiurim by some unbelievable teachers, as we know, of course, Rabbits and Smiles, if anybody listened to it on OU Women's, it's very Kadai, there is a recording of it, it's very worthwhile to listen to. I wanted to repeat some of her points, even if you've heard it, I will repeat what my mother-in-law, Shalom, used to say, she was a master teacher, and she said, teaching is all Chazarai. Chazarai in Yiddish means like, like ridiculousness. 
Chazara, Chazara, Chazara. That's what teaching is. It's it's worthwhile to repeat it. If you've heard it before, that's okay. It's always good to hear it again and reinforce these ideas. First of all, the fact that it happened on Shabbos. This is a message to us that we need to strengthen our Shmira Shabbos in whatever way we can. And each of us knows, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Each of us knows what we can strengthen whether it's the lighting uh, Shabbos Licht 10 minutes early, which is an amazing initiative because you're bringing more light into the world. Remember what they are doing in Machshimam. Our enemies bring darkness. We fight it with light. And what greater light is there than Nero Shabbos? Or as the Rebbe said, Neshek. Nero Shabbos Kodesh. Neshek stands for a weapon. That is our greatest weapon. If you can light Shabbos candles early, that, I'm going to throw out ideas. Take what you can, okay? Another idea is to learn Hilchah Shabbos. There's an initiative now in all the seminaries, and many women have taken on, and there's a fantastic book, which I mentioned in my um, women's share that I give for Shari Zion. It's a book in English called, I might, I'll send an email to Andre afterwards with a title. It's called Learn Shabbos in Just Three Minutes a Day by Rabbi Daniel Brody, B-R-A-U-D-E. But again, I'll send a link and the full title to Andrea when the class is over. It's very, very accessible. It's very easy to understand. He builds up and you can do a few lessons a day if you want, or if you don't have time, you can do one day, you can do more the next day. So this is another terrific idea because as the Chavetz Chaim said, if you are not reviewing constantly the laws of Shabbos, it's very difficult not to be because they're very intricate, but he builds slowly. And I'm telling you, it's accessible. It really is. As I said, it's in short, uh, uh, easy to understand lessons. Okay. So that's one idea about Shabbos. The fact that it happened on Shemini Atzeres, as Rebison Smile said, and Shemini Atzeres, what was, what's the whole Yom Tov about? It's only about the connection between us and Hashem. There are no mitzvos. There's no more sukkah. There's no lulav or esrog. It's only be between us and Hashem. So that's where each of us has to introspect with whether we are really connecting to Hashem. Or as Ravolba said, a person can learn all day or daven, I don't know how many times a day, and yet not really connect with Hashem. Chas v'shalom. Whereas the Rosh Yeshiva of Aaron said in the short video that he made, which was also fantastic, because it has become mitzvahs anoshri melumada. We're just saying the words, but are we thinking about it? Even if you can try and it's overwhelming, I'm not telling you to, like, you don't take on too much. That is the worst thing. One small thing. Say, I'm going to try to have kavana in this particular bracha of Shmona Esrei, if you daven Shmona Esrei. I'm going to try to have kavana in Birchos HaShachar, if you say the 15 morning blessings, and maybe learn a little bit about one of them that perhaps speaks to you, resonates with you, say you have more feeling and more intention. Like when you say Matir Asurim in the morning, the one who releases those who are bound, have in mind the hostages or people who are bound and don't know where their family is. Have that kavana in mind. 
So that's another idea. Shmini Atzeres, the fact to have Shmini Atzeres means we must strengthen our connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether it's through our tefillah, our davening. Talk to him in your own words. If it's hard for you to connect with tefillah or the Hebrew is hard or whatever it is or it feels too rote, talk to him. Go into a room privately and speak out your heart. Connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is always, always listening, even though you may not feel it. He is. The last idea that she presented, which was fantastic also, of course, was, again, with Shemini Atzeres, what did Hashem say? What was that Yontov about? Kasha Alai Predaschem. And others have said this. It bears repeating. And that will also bring me back to the tefillah I wrote at the end of the, of the source sheets. Really, the correct diktuk grammar should have been Kasha Alai. Hashem says to Bnei Israel, as it says, it's hard for me to separate from you. Correctly, it should have said Kasha Alai Predasenu, our separation. What's Predaschem? So many different commentaries have said your separation, the fact that you can't get it together as a nation, that each one of you has different, um, whatever it is, you're, you're, you have a, a, a problem with this group or a problem with that person or a problem with this family member. All this is blocking, uh, is blocking HaKadosh Baruch Hu and blocking the Geula. Because we know that the second base Hamikdash was destroyed from sinas chinam, from baseless hatred, and unfortunately, it still exists. Just like the so-called joke, but it's not even a joke that people say, "Why at the end of Shmona Esrei, when you go back three steps and you bow to the right and you bow to the left and you bow forward, what are you really saying?" It's a very sarcastic, bitter joke, but it has a lot of. There's unfortunately a lot of truth to it. You're say, some people might think anybody to the right of me is too religious and any too from. They're farchniakt. I can't deal with it. They're not being realistic. They're not going to college. Whatever your, your argument is, whatever your philosophical issue is with them, anybody to the right of me is too from. Anybody to the left of me is not religious enough, but I go forward, I'm right. Okay, really? We have to learn to look at the good in everybody, every single person from, not from neighbor, friend, not friend, coworker, find a good point about them. Everybody is a yid. I listened to a recording. It was so moving and somebody posted on a WhatsApp and that was a beautiful, inspiring thing. I was in tears when I heard a woman called up to, I don't know what it was, Chabad and said, I, I want to light Shabbos candles, but I don't know what to do. I never did it in my life. I don't know what to say. I don't have candles. All in Ivrit, it was all translated. Please help me. Can you imagine? And the person said, okay, where do you live? She said, Ashkelon, which is the South. He said, okay, you're going to give me your, your address. Don't worry. I'm going to send something. Uh, somebody's going to come there with candles and write what to say. Can you imagine? People are taking on tremendous Kabbalahs. People that never been shlich, that know nothing about it, nebach, they never learned, are doing this. How much more can we increase the light when we do something to enhance our Shabbos? The, the um, well, let me just, sorry, my note. Ah, the other point, the last point I wanted to mention is a Pasuk in Dvarim. 
where it says, and it's one of the few places in the Chumash itself, in the Torah, where Hashem says what the punishment is for not keeping something. And I know this is a very sensitive, delicate topic, but I'm still going to talk about it. It says in Parshas Kitetze, Perek Chof Gimel, Pasuk Tesvav, Ki Hashem Elokecha Mishalech Bekerev Machanecha Lahatzilcha. This is talking about wartime, which we are in right now. Because Hashem, your God, goes in the midst of your camp to save you. Vilaseis Oivecha Lefanecha. And to give your enemy into your hand. Vahaya Machanecha Kadosh. Let your camp be holy. Vlo Yirevecha Ervaz Dovar. He should not see anything that is inappropriate, that's considered erva, meaning not modest, not tsanua, vishav me'acharecha, and he would turn away from you. Again, one of the few places written in a puzzle in the Torah where it shows you that on that the power, I'm going to put it in the positive, the power of tsnius, the power of modesty has the ability to save us during wartime. And if somebody takes on something, small things that they can do, and I heard different recordings of things, of a woman who was in Eretz Yisrael and, and it was incredible. And, you know, there were rockets going. She was listening to different things. She decided she'll do something small. She's already doing things. She was Shomer Shabbos and Kashras, but she decided that even though in her home she didn't wear stockings or socks, from now on, even at home, she would put on socks. And she decided when she went outside, she would wear stockings. And that the third thing was that she would go into her closet and anything that was questionable, she would get rid of. And as I, I love to quote this, I think it was my daughter's teacher who told her, it was in Beis Yaakov, if you have a question, whether you're shopping or looking at your clothes, that's the answer. If you have a question, that's the answer. If you have any doubt at all, it's too tight, it's too bright, it's too attention-getting, it's too clingy. It covers me, but it's clinging. Maybe that's not appropriate. Did I look at myself in all angles? Okay, everybody, okay, I'm getting too detailed, but the point is everybody can take on something and make a declaration. I am giving this up. I am doing this. Or I'm taking on a small thing, a small thing that you can do. Maybe there are people that, you know, uh, have issues with covering their hair, so they'll cover more. Whatever it is, wherever you are, start from where you are. Don't take on something that you will not be sustainable. A small thing, a small thing, really. Whether it's maybe things that you're looking at in media that's not appropriate and say, I'm going to stop looking at these things and this should be a schus for the soldiers and for the people of Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael. Hashem, listen to me. And this woman that had these very small Kabbalahs had a miraculous, unbelievable story of being saved. It was just incredible. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, so I don't know if we have any time or we're out of time. But I just wanted to go to that last page of the source sheet, Andrea, please, um, which was a tefillah which was created by the Gedole Hadar, I don't know how many years ago, I first heard about it from Rabbits and Smiles in a year, and I shared it with my uh, usual Sharei Zion share, but I, I'd love to share it with all of you as well. That can be said at the end of Shemona Esrei. So I say it before I take the three steps back. And it's it's like this on line 86. He wrote some milfonecha, Shemelokeinu, Velokei Avoseinu. 
may it be your will, Hashem, our God and God of our fathers, Sheni Zoher mi Hara, we should be careful from Lashon Hara, mi from fighting, umisinas chinam, and from baseless hatred. Visita bilibenu and implant in our hearts uvalev kol amcha beis Israel and in the heart of your whole nation Israel ahava love bein ish l'reihu between each person and their fellow Jew v'yikuyam banu and shall be fulfilled through us the pasuk umitzachtein v'seichalto beinei elokim v'adam shall find favor. And Seichel uh, Tov in the eyes of Hashem and man. I want to tell you, just personally, that saying this feel over the past several years, I'm not kidding you, has helped me change my perspective on people. Because I've again, I've shared with certain people. I, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, I was, I, I was raised with a particular perspective of being extremely critical, and this has really helped me to see more good in people by verbally saying this once or twice a day if you're not davening shron esrei still you could still say this say it to yourself or say it in english i'll send an english translation if that's will be helpful it's very kadai it just when you verbally say something you're making yourself aware you're bringing it to the forefront of your consciousness how are you relating to someone are you just going to have a knee-jerk reaction of negativity or are you going to stop and take a breath and give the person the benefit of the doubt and just write it off. It's not worth it. Ladies, I, I hope I've given you some food for thought. I really apologize for the whole technical mess up. And, you know, I guess I'll have to figure that out later. For some reason, it wasn't Bashar for me to be on the screen, but I hope you have gained something from the ideas that I've shared with you. We, I hope we daven that this month should be a month of geula, that we should go from afela laora, and be, and and to, to see a tremendous Yeshua, and that we can all be agents of that Yeshua. Yes, each of us has power in our own small way. We are not insignificant. Each one of us, every time you do a mitzvah and say a bracha, you bring down or a ruchniistic, a spiritual light to the world. The more you do that, the more you can fight these enemies, these agents of darkness. Ladies, I wish you a wonderful chodesh and we should hear besuros tovos, yeshuos, benechamos, Bevias go al Sedek Bim Hera Vi Amenu. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Angela. And thank you, everybody, for uh bearing thank with you. the Very much. technical technical issues. Sometimes, believe it or not, it happens. So we will uh thank you. Be thank able to you post so the much. Audio thank recording, you. hopefully, and get that out as well at some okay. point. But thank I will you, get Rizkalea. the uh, hey. what? Is there a question? Thank you so much inspirational thank you you're welcome thank you thank you okay and thank you andrea for, and thank all the ladies you. for bearing with me again i really apologize for that technical situation i was i hashem had a different plan what can i tell you <laughs> thank you okay good night okay good night, good night. thank good you night. so thank much you. everybody okay bye